Good morning. How are you guys doing? Man, I don't know about you, but I and our family have been extremely blessed by our time at Jackson Creek this week. And on behalf of the other missionaries, I think I can wholeheartedly say this. Thank you. Thank you for your hospitality. Thank you for talking to us. Thank you for not treating us like we had the plague. And I uh, want to know what God's been doing in our life because we want you guys to understand we're just regular people like you guys. God just put us in different places, and we've got the same jobs in front of us. And I'm looking forward to sharing with you this morning and uh, uh, opening up God's Word. And just, and I love it. I, I, as the week has gone on, God has just knit things together over and over and over again through the different evenings with Pastor Tom, through the time with the missionaries, and even this morning in, in, the, in the first hour in here with Josh. It was just hand in hand that we all have a job in this. All right, and uh, I'm looking forward to sharing with you this morning. So let's, if you don't mind, let's have a word of prayer. I just like to put this in God's hand this morning. I don't want you to think it's just me or just any of the pastoral team, but it's God that wants us to be here and hear his word this morning. God, I thank you for this time. I thank you for the privilege it is to open your word. I pray that you would challenge each one of our hearts, mine included. Lord, I, I have been even called to more this week, sharing time here. I pray that you would work in each one of our lives today and help us understand that we all are a part of your plan. We all have a job to do in front of us. In your son's name that we pray. Amen. Every two seconds, the world population goes up by five. All right, think about that for a second. Two seconds, five people. The last song we sang, world population went up by 500. Now, some of you guys are like, well, you know. No, that goes up. That's not birth rate. That's not death rate. That's increase. Every two seconds. Now, some of you guys, who's a math person in here? Who's, a, who's like me? You're kind of a boring numbers person to a lot of people. I am wholeheartedly got my hands up. You know what that is in a week? A million and a half people. A million and a half people, boom. Anybody there? Anybody get, meet me with that one? Yeah, I mean, for real. A million and a half people every week. And I, as someone who is uh, in Costa Rica, who thinks about things, I try to think about things on a world scale. Okay, how can we be a part of what's going, doing around, what God's doing around the world? I look at that number, and it blows my mind. All right, Pastor Tom mentioned this week, over seven and a half billion people on our planet. But yet I read Matthew chapter 28, and God says, go. He says, go into all the world. That's not part of the world, just this part, that part. He says, be involved in all of the world, and it's overwhelming. And if we just focus on those numbers, we could kind of shrink into a corner really easily. How many of you guys, uh, maybe as your kids went to kindergarten, they celebrated what was called 100 Day? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? All right. So on 100 day, for those of you guys that don't know, they ask the kids to try, they're trying to help them wrap their brains around what 100 is. And so they have the kids bring 100 of something to school. And I remember our oldest, Chloe, was going to kindergarten. And yes, even in Arkansas, Jason, we count to 100 in kindergarten. It's pretty awesome. Uh, but uh, she took 100, I think it was 100 Skittles. And she's like, Dad, look at this. It's 100 Skittles. I'm like, I know, and we are going to eat them after school today, all right? We're going to have a good time. No, but a hundred, we can share that with our kids. A thousand, I don't know. It'd take a little more time, but you could do it. A million, I don't know how you should put your brain around that. 
a billion, seven and a half billion. I mean, that's a number so big, we don't really, we just say it. We don't even try to think about what it really means. That it's individual souls that God wants us to be concerned about. This morning, a lot of times in churches, we talk about reaching the world, right? We need to reach the world with the gospel. The gospel is the message for the world. Well, this morning, I want to challenge you. The way we can do that, instead of talking about reaching the world, we need to reach our world. It's just a little word difference, but it changes everything in the way we think about it. Because, you know, the world is pictures in National Geographic. It's the travel channel. It's, it's the study of indigenous peoples on this for, far forgotten corner of the world. But our world is your neighbors. It's your coworkers. It's the people you bump into in the grocery store. It's, it's even the neighbor you don't like on your street. That's our world. And this morning, I want to challenge us that each and every one of us in here today, if we know Christ is our Savior, we can be a part of reaching the world if we'll reach our world. And we can be a part of reaching our world if we'll remind ourselves of three truths from God's Word today. If you've got your Bible with you, would you open it up to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 this morning? It'll be on the screens as well, but 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to look at some biblical truths this morning, and I just want to, I want to tell you something. If you've got one of the bulletins there, take notes in it. Not because I've got some incredible thing to say, but I think it's something from God's word, word we need to be reminded of throughout the week. And maybe if we write these things down, these truths down, it'll help us remember them this week. We're going to look at a passage pretty familiar to most people. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it, starting there. You with me? All right, let's do it. Therefore, if anyone is, is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Do we want to reach our world? I know I'm, I'm from the South, and Josh, you, you may be like me. I like to ask a lot of questions when I'm speaking. So I'm going to ask some questions, and if you don't want to answer, just stare awkwardly back. If you do want to answer, just shout whatever sounds good, okay? Do we want to reach our world? Yeah, hopefully we do, all right? So how do we do it? All right, here's some things we need to remember. Truth number one, something we need to remind ourselves day in, day out this week is the gift has already been paid for. The gift has already been paid for. All right, right here in the passage in verse 21, it says it really clearly. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. It doesn't say that Jesus died on the cross, and then if you do this and this and this and this and this and this, and then flip the page and this and this and this, boom, you've got God's righteousness. No, it says in him, because of what Jesus already did, he was made sin for us. 
we as humans can have a relationship with the Creator God through what someone else already did. Now that's a big deal. But I want to tell you something. If you've been in church for very long, guess what? You've heard that, right? You've heard it. And unfortunately, many of us, guess what? We get numb to what that really means. We get numb to what that means. This means that if I don't have a relationship with Christ as a friend of yours, a family member of yours, a coworker of yours, and you tell me about it, I don't have to jump through hoops of words and actions and deeds to try to please God. You know, life in Costa Rica is an uphill treadmill to try to please a God who's very distant. And Costa Ricans need to know this just as much as anybody else in this world. The gift has already been paid for. And folks, we need to remember that. Sometimes we as Christians, we forget what it's like to know God. I'm sorry, excuse me. We forget what it's like. That's a funny one. We forget what it's like to not know God. How many of you guys in here, you've, you've had a relationship with Christ for, let's say, five years? Anybody? All right. How, how many of you guys had a relationship with Christ for 10 years? 15? 20? Man, there's a lot of hands up. You see, we could keep adding numbers, and a lot of us could keep our hands in the air. And I don't know about you, but it happened to me as an 8-year-old. I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior as an 8-year-old child. And there's times where I have to remind myself that the joy of what I have in my life is something that everyone around me does not understand and does not understand how much it will transform their life. we got to remember the people you go to work with, the people you live next to, some of their lives are filled with guilt and shame. Some of you might be sitting in here today, you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You, you, you're, you feel sh- this shame for your past mistakes, and you're trying to figure out, well, how do I reconcile myself with God? What do I do? Listen, if you want to reach your world, and if I want to reach my world, we've got to remind ourselves that the gift has already been paid for. The hard part has been done. Secondly, the gift's been paid for. Second truth we need to remind ourselves of is this. The messenger has been prepared. The messenger has been prepared. Look at uh, verse 20 with me here. All right, everybody see what's going on here? What's on the screen? That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. We're all, yes, I need that. Yes, I want that. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. So who's the messenger according to this passage? We are, every one of us that has a relationship with Jesus Christ, we are. Chad, I get the thing about the gift being paid for, but I'm not a very good messenger. I've uh, never been to seminary or Bible college, Chad. I, uh, I don't know all the answers to all the Bible questions people are going to ask me. I don't know this. I don't know that. I've not even read my whole Bible through ever in my lifetime as a Christian. I, 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 I. You see, when we get our focus off of Jesus and put it on ourselves and what we don't know and what we don't think and what we don't do, we miss the whole point. Because it's all what he's done. And you know why you're prepared as a messenger? 
Because if you've got Jesus Christ in your life, one, you've got a story of how you came to know him. You've got a story of what he's been doing in your life over time. And thirdly, you've got the Holy Spirit with you, giving you the peace and the comfort that you need in every one of those moments. And we need to remind ourselves of these things. We are the messengers and we've been prepared. I want to share with you a story uh, of my friend Juan Carlos. I believe we have a picture of him and uh, his wife and son. This is Juan Carlos, his wife Raquel, and their son Yandel. And I got to know Juan Carlos last year in a, in a discipleship class. We were offering just a, a little more uh, for, for people in our church to kind of take those next steps to coming to know what church is like. And, and some know that, but he just wanted to know more. And, and I want to share with you a little bit of Juan Carlos's story. You see, his story started years ago when he was a, a, in his late teens. He and Raquel were dating at the time, and, and someone, his mom, told him, hey, you guys need to go to that church. And they were like, no, nah, no, nah, we're all right. No, no, you guys need to go to church. No, no, trust me, we're okay, we're fine, we're not. And they didn't go. Fast forward a few years, they have a child. Anybody remember when you f- had your firstborn? How complicated life got? You remember what I'm saying? Like everything, all of a sudden everything's upside down, you're trying to figure out what to do, and you can't even do simple things anymore? Well, that's where they were. And once again, his mom goes, hey, you guys need to go down to that church. So Juan Carlos and Raquel started coming down to the church. They started hearing more and learning more. Turns out Juan Carlos had gotten saved years before at a, at a kid's event done by that church 15 years before. But he had never grown in his relationship with Christ. So they get plugged in. They get on board. And you know what Juan Carlos starts doing? He starts looking around and saying, man, we found something great. We need to get people in here with us. And so they start looking around their house. And he's got a sister named Pamela. And they're like, Pamela, you have got to come to church with us. No, 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 this isn't my thing. No, 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 you've got to come to church with this good stuff. You've got to come. No, no, no. And so finally they said, look, just let us take your kids to the kids' Bible club. And so Juan Carlos, Raquel, Yandel, they start bringing Pamela's two kids to Bible club. In a short time, her two kids place their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Then the, the two kids are now after mom too. Mom, you've got to come, you've got to come. No, 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 no. Finally, we get to Mother's Day. They say, Mom, you've got to come to Mother's Day. We're doing a special event at the church for all the moms. So guess what? Pamela's mother's heart said, okay, I've got to go. So she comes to Mother's Day, and guess what happens a couple weeks later? Pamela places her faith and trust in Jesus Christ. So now Pamela's there. Her two kids are there. Juan Carlos is there. Raquel is there. And they start looking around. Hey, who else? And they've got another sister, Victoria. Victoria, you've got to come to church with us. Whole story over again. No, 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 it's not for me. No, no, well, let us take your kids. Boom, same thing. Two kids come to know Christ. Then Victoria later on comes to know Christ. Basically, everybody in their house is now going to church. They're looking around. Who else do we invite? So he looks around to his work buddy, Ernesto, and his wife, Magali, and say, look, you guys got to come. Now Ernesto and Magali are plugged in members at the church. They look around. Who else we got in the neighborhood? They find Mrs. Olga. Now, you probably know a Mrs. Olga because she's the lady in the neighborhood that knows everybody in the neighborhood. So they talk to Mrs. Olga, and she ends up coming to the church. And now she is there and plugged in. And through Mrs. Olga and some of the others, they met a lady named Mrs. Maria. And Mrs. Maria is just the sweetest little lady you ever met. She was in my Friday night Bible study, our small group. And it was just so sweet to listen and talk with her. And I want to tell you something. I loved seeing her grow in our time together. But you know what I loved even more? 
every Friday night, rain or shine, Mrs. Maria was bringing between eight and ten kids to the kids' Bible club. And I want to tell you something. That's what it's about. Man, we get stuck on ourselves. What I don't know this. I don't. Just be quiet. Go be the messenger God called you to be. Listen, you have no idea who the person you invite is going to connect with. Listen, do you think when his mom invited Juan Carlos back to church, she knew that he was going to have that kind of impact? No way. She probably prayed for it. I'll tell you that. I know his mom. But the reality of it is, is you don't know what God's got in mind. And stop being quiet. Stop trying to stay comfortable. You see, sometimes here, we don't say anything until we feel like we got all the answers. We know the ins and outs. Man, if they ask me this, I'll say that. If they do this, I'll do that. I mean, just be real with people. That's what they need. And sometimes we feel like we're, we're being big-headed. No, it's not about us. Isaiah 12 says it like this. Make his works known among the nations. We're not out there tooting our horn saying, man, look what God's doing for me. Mm-mm. It's look what the blessings of God have been in my life. And I want to share with you. And I want you to see the same things I've seen. First truth, the gift's been paid for. Second truth, the messenger's been prepared. Third truth, you've got to remember this week, if you want to reach your world, is this. There's an audience awaiting delivery. There are people waiting for what we talk about inside the four walls of our church buildings week in, week out. How many of you guys like to shop online? Anybody in here like to shop online? How many of you guys love the d- delivery day? All right, when the stuff's finally coming. I won't ask you to raise your hand on this one, but somebody in your, pro- in your house probably acts like this. They're chilling in the house, just hanging out, watching TV. They hear a truck pull up. Ah, it's not him. It's not him. False alarm, everybody. They go back. They're chill. Another truck pulls up, and they run out there, all right? They know on those days, and those of you guys that feel that way, you know when something's coming, right? You are excited because you're awaiting delivery of something. Look, there's people in our world that know they're missing something. And you have probably watched them look for it over here and look for it over there and look for it over there. And every time they come back with an empty void still because they're not looking in the right places. There's other people in our world that have no clue what's going on. And they don't realize what they're missing in Jesus. You know, our passage says it like this in verse 20, that we go in Christ's place, all right? And we beg them to reconcile and return to God because we want to share with them what's going on. And some people are waiting for it. And you've had those conversations before. And some people don't even know what they're missing. But it's still our job to get out there. I want to share with you my friend Lenin and his story. We've got a picture of Lenin and his family, I believe. His, his, uh, his Lenin, there he is and his wife Ingris, and they're twins. And I got to know Lenin as well. I'm sorry, guys. I got, I got to know Lenin as well last year, but it took a little while. You see, his wife Ingris and their twins, they came to church every Sunday. And uh, every Sunday, Lenin told me this story later, every Sunday, Ingris would leave the house, and she'd be like, hey, Lenin, we're headed to church. You coming with us? And this is a, these guys, they walk to church. They live close. They just walk into church. And each Sunday, Lenin would go, no, 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 I'm not coming. Well, we'll save you a seat. 
next week. Hey, Lenine, we're headed to church. You coming? No, no, no. All right, we're going to save you a seat. And this happened week after week after week after week. And English kept inviting and inviting and inviting and inviting. And finally, Lenine said yes last spring. And he came to church. And you know what's funny is that at our church, Ingris would sit right over here, right where the Robertsons are, on the third row, left side. And it was a big deal because at our church, the comfy seats only go three rows back. And for many, many weeks, she kept a comfortable seat open just in case Lenine showed up. And I still remember the day from the platform, I noticed somebody was sitting beside her. And that morning, I got to sit with Lenine and two other men and listen as they placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And, and that's just part of Lenine's story. I got to know him better as the year went on and he was growing in things. But last December, we take a men's trip up to our youth camp to prepare it for youth camp coming up in January. And there at the youth camp, Lenine's one of those guys, he doesn't hardly ever talk when it's a big group of people. And there's probably 10 or 15 of us guys sitting around, messing around, making jokes at each other. And Lenine kind of out of nowhere in his nice, calm voice, he goes, what a difference a year makes. And so we, we're, okay, Lenine, what, what's up? And, and this day, the, when we're up there, it's, it's, the, it's a big festival in Costa Rica. And the downtown, they turned it in. It's, it was, used to be a pretty party. Now it's an ugly party. You probably know what I'm talking about. It's not very family friendly. And Lenine goes, you know what? A year ago today, I was downtown. And I was boozing it up with my friends. And I didn't have a care in the world for what my wife and my daughters were doing. And he goes, here I am exactly one year later. And I'm working on a church camp so teenagers can come to know Christ. Amen. He goes, what a difference a year makes. And it blew me away. Because how many of us have a person like Lenine that we've talked to or we've invited and we've tried to encourage. And then at some point in time, we just gave up. You know, we just stopped trying with that person anymore. Listen, I want to tell you something. If we want to reach our world, we've got to remember these things. We've got to remember people like Lenine that are out there. Jesus says the fields are ripe under the harvest. There's people like Juan Carlos, people like Lenine. They're all around us. My, my challenge to you is this this morning. Some of you guys are like, well, this isn't really a missions message. Chad, you haven't put dollar signs on anything. No, I put people in front of you because I want you to understand the people that you see represented in your missionaries' letters and your missionaries' stories and their videos when they share with you. They are real people that God loves. And you need to be involved in what God's doing around the world. And you need to have your hands in it. And that's what I love about your pastoral team is the fact that they're concerned about what God's doing around the world and planting churches, not just there, but here as well. But I want to tell you something. If that's all you do, you're only getting half the equation. Yes, it's important to be financially involved, and I love the faith promise. You're stepping out in faith saying, God, here's what I feel you putting on my heart. Let's do it together, and let's see where we go. But I want to tell you something. That's only half the equation because there's people just like Juan Carlos that you work with. There's people just like Lenine that you work with. And how awesome would it be for you to be sitting here next year with that coworker, next year with that family member, and you being able to introduce them to the concept of giving 
for missions. Listen, that's why we're here. And I want to tell you something else. I don't ever want to make little uh, of the fact that I feel like God is still working in our churches to draw out and call out people to be sent as missionaries, as church planners. And I don't think this is just for teenagers. You see, God didn't open the doors for me, like Pastor said, until I was 36 years old. It had been on my heart all my life. But when God finally opened the doors at 36, you know what? It would have been really easy to say, you know what? We kind of passed that stage, God. We're doing all right now. But I want to tell you something. I'm so thankful he opened the doors and he made it so evident in our life we couldn't ignore it. And there might be someone in here that's 20 that feels God leading them into missions or leading them into a more active role in your church. That's 25, that's 30, that's 40, that's 60. It doesn't matter. Whatever it is, God wants your heart. He wants your heart and your involvement in reaching your world. What are you going to do about it? That's the question we have today. What are we going to do about it? God is at work around each and every one of us, setting tables for opportunities, for moments for us to open our mouths for him this week. Will you take advantage of those? Will you do it? As we talked about in the first hour with Josh, will you be neighboring? What was the word you made out, Josh? Neighborship. Will you fill your life with neighborship to love on the people that God's put around you? Listen, this is what it's about. Sometimes the enemy whispers in our ears, oh, you can't do that. You can't, you can't say that. You can't talk to them. I want to tell you something. The enemy is no different in any one of our lives. I hear the same whispers that you hear, just different words. Yeah, you speak Spanish, but you don't speak Spanish like they speak Spanish. What do you think you're going to do? Well, that's too big of a job, Chad. You can't possibly think that you guys can start a church there in Costa Rica. That's huge. What do you? Here's what I know. I'm a really boring, simple logic person and when I hear those whispers that not enough it's too big you don't do enough well enough to be able to do this I want to tell you something here's what I know God put me where I am okay I can't deny it God put me in Costa Rica God's word plainly shows me he wants people of Costa Rica to know Christ so guess what people are waiting for it let's get on it same thing applies to you when you hear those whispers, no, no, you can't invite him. Invite her, not him. Uh-uh. God put you there. His word plainly tells us he wants them to know Christ. So let's do it. And we may make mistakes. We may not have all the answers. But you know what? If we're faithful to him and we're his ambassadors, we're going to make a difference sharing his love to the people around us. Let's do that. Would you close your eyes?